This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit, in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest, and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Lott and Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest hosts and presenters, the former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and the Honorable Morris McTeague, QSO. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. Welcome to America's Roundtable. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we're delighted to be joined by principal leaders, Governor Phil Bryant, a distinguished guest host of America's Roundtable. We begin our program with Governor Phil Bryant, who served as Mississippi's 64th governor from 2012 to 2020. And before becoming the state's chief executive, Phil Bryant was lieutenant governor, state auditor, and represented his legislative district in the Mississippi House of Representatives. Governor Bryant is a great proponent in strengthening America's constitutional principles, the rule of law, and advancing the principal policy of peace through strength. And indeed, it is a great honor to welcome Governor Phil Bryant to America's Roundtable. Welcome and a good morning to you, sir. Welcome, Governor Bryant. Good morning, Joel and Natasha. I'm honored to be here with you. Another good, great Saturday morning to talk about difficult issues across America and the world. Thank you so much for your time, Governor Bryan. This past week, Ukrainian President Zelensky addressed members of the U.S. Congress and directly relayed a message to America's citizen stakeholders. President Zelensky shared his appreciation of America's help on the humanitarian side and also providing lethal weapons to defend their sovereign state against Putin's war machine. Of course, economic sanctions that we've known are making an impact. And in responding to the brazen and horrific attacks by Russian troops targeting civilians and residential areas within Ukraine and taking into account the plight of over 40 million Ukrainians, this past week, both the Mississippi House of Representatives and Senate passed resolutions condemning Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine and barring any business between state entities and Russia. The state of Mississippi's leadership certainly adds moral weight to a just intervention on behalf of these millions of people in Europe under attack. Governor Bryant, why are principal resolutions voted by state legislatures and similar initiatives so important? And what are your thoughts about efforts to counter Russia through punitive sanctions? Well, first, I, I think it's important for every state. As we know, this federation is built from states, and each governor has the opportunity to speak uh, with the cooperation of his legislature. So our governor, Kate Reeves, as I would if I were still governor, is taking a strong stand. Our Mississippi Senate legislature, as you said, has uh, passed resolutions not only condemning the actions of Russia, but stopping any purchase and investment. My recommendation to the Speaker of the House, as he and I spoke uh, a week ago, was to make sure we have no investments in Russian companies or anything that might be a financial benefit to Russia. Uh, every state has tremendous amount of investments. You have not only uh, funds that you invest on a daily, weekly basis now, but 
those that are invested by your retirement system, for example, huge retirement systems across this nation. If you look at the retirement system of the teachers unions or the teachers in California, we're talking billions upon billions of dollars. So we can have a real impact. This is just not symbolic. Uh, it is obvious that Russia has crossed a line and that Putin will never recover from this. This is not something that we saw with Reagan and Gorbachev. And I, I would encourage people to read a great book called Reagan at Reykjavik. As you remember uh, that meeting between President Reagan and Gorbachev. And as I was teaching American uh, government and referring back to my experience uh, during those times with President Reagan, also the 34 different nations that I visited as lieutenant governor and governor, including China, including Saudi Arabia, including Uzbekistan. I was the first governor to ever go in to Uzbekistan, that Central Asian government, uh, four different occasions uh, in Israel, as you know, there with you and America's Roundtable and also meeting with Netanyahu on three of those four occasions. So I know something about this issue. In 2009, I actually spoke in New York at the U.S.-Russian Chamber of Commerce meeting. We were, if you remember, in 2007 and 8 and 9 in those days, we were hoping for a, a democratic move by Russia and, and a free market system. And there was some effort that, in that direction. And then Putin came in, a former KBG agent, and shut the nation down and put it into the, under an iron fist uh, of the former KGB now, special forces police are certainly arresting anyone that speaks against this invasion, this unbridled attack um, that we see now, how, how horrible it is to see those images of Ukraine children and women. So uh, Putin is basically done on the international stage. There's no way anyone can go with him now and have a meeting, uh, have a photograph uh, with him, uh, have a pushing of the reset button or whatever you want. He has crossed the line that no one now can return from. Now, what do we do about that? Obviously, he has put his uh, forces on the line, his nuclear forces. He has said that the nuclear option is still on the table. We have someone, and I want to be careful here, because when you get a a leader that is in this position, that feels backed into the corner, that feels that the president of the United States has called him a war criminal. I'm not going to argue with that fact. He has, in fact, crossed a line that, that would fit that definition. But once you do that, you escalate this to a wider space. And I appreciate it. We have to be honest and know that our our first hope is to bring this to some peaceful resolution. Now, we can't be to the point where we think we can negotiate with tyrants and with war criminals. But the other option, if we don't look at the peaceful option, it is that a nuclear war looms on the horizon. And it will start there in President Zelensky's hometown and in Ukraine. And we need to do all that we can to bring temperatures down while at the same time providing uh, the Ukrainians with the equipment uh, and supplies and humanitarian services that they have to have. And Governor Bryant, within America, we have noticed that from within certain corners, there are statements of support for Putin's Russia. We also are aware that Russia's FSB, the replacement for the Soviet KGB, the intelligence structure, has been courting groups within Europe and America to question the war, and in some cases even provide statements of support for Putin. 
an authoritarian figure who has attacked his opponents and even murdered some of them. Mm. Uh, and it is clear that Putin, as you mentioned, is on the wrong side of history, almost following Hitler's path. Right. Uh, Governor Bryant, what are your thoughts about these concerns? Why don't we see an unequivocal condemnation of Russia's war against Ukraine and Putin's war machine, which is attacking a sovereign country of Ukraine? and shelling residential buildings, medical facilities, specifically targeting innocent civilians. It is troubling. Uh, and I know that eight United States senators recently voted against a Senate resolution, may have been a joint congressional resolution condemning Putin and Russia and asking for further sanctions. I clearly do not understand that. There is no way that you might find any reason for Vladimir Putin to invade a sovereign nation uh, of Ukraine and, and somehow say that what he is doing, shelling hospitals, killing innocent men and women as they stand in bread lines, uh, cutting off opportunities for those fleeing the nation to reach safety. Now, these are the acts of a desperate despot that is, in fact, committing what I believe and others would believe to be war crimes. And anyone that stands on the side of the Soviet Union will pay the price. They do so at their own peril. And they should be replaced in the United States Senate if they're voting to support Putin in any way. If they fail to condemn them, uh, the American public, I think, will respond and replace them uh, and find someone who stands on the side of freedom and integrity and honesty worldwide. And we're going to have to work with NATO at some point and realize what good are they um, if we cannot be a deterrent to Russia invading a, por a portion of Europe uh, in the Ukraine. Uh, we are very proud of President Zelensky. He is showing true leadership. I, I only wish that we had that in uh, our White House. Our president dithered for weeks as Russians built up occupying near the border uh, and putting all of their equipment, as we heard that the Russians were storing plasma and had hospital, military hospitals moving into place for those uh, Russian soldiers that would be in. We knew this was going to take place, yet we dithered, we did nothing, we sent strongly worded letters, and here we are with uh, thousands of Ukraine innocents that are dying because of the failure uh, of the Biden administration. Governor Bryant, you have spoken in Israel. I remember hearing your words communicated in the city of Jerusalem, the eternal city, about the importance of peace through strength. You have advocated that very principled policy. And it appears that in America today, we are seeing a weakening of that policy, peace through strength. And as you've rightfully mentioned, it perhaps with the chaotic withdrawal, a disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, probably emboldened our adversaries, our rivals, including Putin from Russia. So what are your thoughts about efforts to strengthen this principal policy of peace through strength? And, and what should our fellow Americans understand about this policy as they move into the election season of 2022? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Russia and China watched very closely as we abandoned Americans and those that were friends to us in that horrible retreat it is something that, as we see leaders like Vladimir Putin and Xi, they understand strength, and they understand peace through strength. There is little doubt among most right-thinking people that Putin would have never done this under the second Trump administration. 
He just would not have done that because President Trump showed strength. He was building our military. He was doing additional training. He had told NATO, you've got to stand and do your part. You have to make investments in your military like we are doing. As we see now, uh, Israel today, I, I follow the prime minister who is bringing in resources from a small country, small country of Israel is bringing in humanitarian resources and support and standing with uh, President Zelensky. What happens? Our vice president goes and laughs, cackles when she's asked about what America will do with the humanitarian resources that we might be able to furnish Poland and other nations that are bringing in the refugees. Her response was laughter. This is an unhinged administration that is an embarrassment to the rest of the world and is allowing Russia and China, Iran, and others around the globe to move forward uh, with their sinister plans of taking additional power. And as you and I know, Iran daily talks about removing Jerusalem, destroying Israel, removing it from the face of the earth. Now, what are we doing? We're sitting at the table with Russians negotiating a nuclear plan for Iran. I don't know at what point that the United States Senate, if we, and obviously we must take the House and Senate at midterms and start talking about real efforts to restore our military, to work with our, our joint chiefs, those admirals and generals that understand the importance of peace through strength. Because this administration is a year, a little more than a year into a four-year term. And I can only imagine what year three will look like. They are destroying America as we know it. And it almost looks as if it's part of a plan, whether it's uh, the pending uh, economy uh, collapse that we see, $6 gasoline, the cost of everything increasing. Uh, and so if, if you wanted to destroy America, I don't know that you could have a better plan, hyperinflation, reduce uh, the military, uh, allow global despots around the world to take more power and slowly reduce this nation's strength. Governor Bryant, Professor Steve Hankey recently shared with us from Johns Hopkins University, he served as an advisor to President Reagan, that federal lands, U.S. federal lands, a sort of socialist structure in the United States, and in a Wall Street Journal piece, Harold Hamm states, and I quote, In the years since the administration froze new drilling leases on 26% of federal land and more than a third of the nation's resources in productivity, the U.S. has been falling further from energy independence, putting national security at risk. There is no good reason for America to become more reliant on energy imports. It constrains our policy choices, forces us to cede our national security to foreign players, and enriches those who would do us harm. The administration is working with the Saudis, Venezuela, and even Iran to come to the rescue. Why? Unquote. Governor Bryant, what are we to make of this when we are hearing confusing messages from the Biden administration and why engage with Iran and Venezuela to get more oil and then punish America's domestic producers with extra punitive taxes? Because, Joel, this is their plan. This is exactly what they want to do. Biden, if you saw him during when he was campaigning, saying, we are going to do away with hydrocarbon. We're going to stop 
uh, fracking, we're going to stop oil and gas production. He said, look into my eyes. I'm going to end it. Should we be surprised when he's doing that very thing? He told us he was going to do it. I saw Secretary Buttigieg the other day. He said, well, everybody just start driving electrical cars. That's their answer. Now, it is hard when you're trying to trying to understand someone that has a totally different thought process. But their goal is to do away with the oil and gas industry. It is do away with hydrocarbons. Now he comes out and says, the president says, we ended the war in Afghanistan. He's proud of it. He's going to make commercials. They're going to campaign on how he was so great that he ended the war in Afghanistan. It was a disaster on any level. But in their strange world that they live in, the world of bizarro that they're in, he's a war hero. He will one day make a speech and said, I was the only one brave enough to get us out of Afghanistan, and I put 25% of America in electric cars before anybody believed that it could happen. And I did away with hydrocarbons. Now, people may be standing in brick lines, and they may be losing hundreds of thousands of jobs because of the fuel industry is, is being destroyed, and they will believe that they're winning because they're doing exactly what they told us they were going to do. They are destroying the oil and gas industry, and they can do it with federal lands. They can do it with regulations. They can do it by going into foreign nations and buying just enough oil and gas to keep everyone hopefully complacent uh, until midterms. And I just fear what the next step will be. Uh, but they're not going to turn back what they believe in. As we conclude our segment, Governor Bryan, what are your final thoughts to our fellow Americans in the Midwest and the South, hardworking, decent Americans that truly care about our country and its constitutional principles? You know, I've heard a lot of pastors recently talking about how this is, this is biblical. Uh, we could be so close to the end of days. I would think, I would say, turn to your church and to your faith. It is where we must begin. That is where we must begin. We're in a spiritual war, and I fear that our nation does not understand that. They, have, they are ill-prepared in our leadership now to deal with spiritual warfare. And so I would say start there. But we've got to look at the midterms. Our congressional elections, for example, in Mississippi, our, our primaries are in a month. And so it goes on now. You've got to turn out and vote. We must take the House. We must take the Senate. As I talked to my friends yesterday, as I talked to the governor there in Georgia, we have got to take Georgia. Herschel Walker's got to be elected to the United States Senate. We cannot allow Nancy Pelosi to continue to be the Speaker of the House of Representatives for the next two years. If we do, America will face, as President Reagan once warned, we will take that first step into a thousand years of darkness. Thank you, Governor Phil Bryant, for joining us on America's Roundtable. And we really appreciate your inspiring words, your challenging words for all Americans uh, to certainly affirm our American constitutional principles. Thank you, Governor Bryant. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. 
This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladinsami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit and our distinguished guest hosts and presenters, the former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and the Honorable Morris McTeague, QSO. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.